Chris Brock. Mm. Cameron. Yes. Yes. I think yes. we're getting. I think we're getting better at this, right? Mm-hmm. No, nailed it. Um, yeah, I'm glad I. I'm glad I scripted that beforehand. So we. Yeah, um, I wasn't sold on it with all the uh, lip season stuff, but I think it really came off good. Uh, oh yeah, I, no, I, it's it's all about consecutive ellipses. Okay, I'm, my microphone was backwards. Let me see. That might be better. Okay. <laughs> um, there. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the. Well, it's, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, you do sound more forwards now. Good. Good morning. Sorry I was late. <clears throat> not was, at all. Yeah. Wait, you're not sorry? Or I'm not? Wait, that I'm not I late? don't know. You okay. just take it however it felt the most normal. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's... I've got him. Yeah. Doing great this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I'm I'm dragging as normal, so I never have a problem with when you roll in. Yeah, I uh, I did. Uh, I was up late, um, doing important uh, work for my child. Um, so I uh, <clears throat> I uh, was out of town last weekend, and um, before I was left, I wanted to make each of them a Mario Maker level in the Mario Maker video game. Nintendo. Oh, I've I've gone through the same process. Oh, really? Oh, well, delightful. You you have more kids and therefore more levels, I assume, unless you um, made one er level for all your children. I yeah, I was actually up late one night because I kept promising him I would make a level, and then I got trapped into a corner, and it was like, all right, well, I guess I just have to do it until it's done. So they have it in the morning, so I'm not a liar. And, of course, my goal was to make it so that they would continually think that they had beaten it and it would just kill them at the last minute. Oh, wow. Your kids are, uh, psychologically, your kids are approaching this game from a way different uh, sort of angle than my kids. (laughs) Um, Archer makes sweet levels, uh, and... uh, and refuses to put any enemies in his levels because he wants them to be about like adventure and not. Oh, uh, that's a very large garbage truck. That's I'm a great ambiance, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm out on my front porch and a garbage truck the size of a small town just went by. Looks like a, the sand crawler from Star Wars. Um, yeah, no, he. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I was up last night um, making him a level because what happened is before my trip, I had enough time to make. Felix a level and never made his. So um, they had a blast playing this silly level that I made where you go down a pipe and then there's her name spelled out in coins and you just bounce around on trampolines collecting all the coins. You know, it's like very, uh, very, what would a four-year-old think is fun sort of level? Yeah, that's definitely a more four-year-old friendly level. I should make one like that for Jules. He would like it. His brother's... Mostly my oldest, Winston, needs to be uh, challenged. He needs to lose. That's his. That's the goal there. <clears throat> yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's anyway, an amazing game, by the way. It is. It's a phenomenal game. It's. Uh, I'm. I am. Uh, because of my sort of profession, 
nitpick like I feel like I nit I'm nitpicking like all the inter like interface decisions and stuff. Uh and like so I'm I'm like constantly mildly annoyed by the game when I'm trying to build a level. Like Wait, were you using the were you using the touch screen to do it or the just the full controls? I can only deal with the touch screen. Like the full control situation is too uh, modey, like you have to hit like buttons tor- to switch into it's like modes, and yeah, torturous. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how you do it well without using like a mouse and keyboard interface. But right. with the touch screen, it it's almost entertain. Yes, it is annoying because there's so many modes, but uh, it's almost like its own game. They put a lot of effort into making the creation fun too. You know, even with like the yeah, however they were doing the music and the placement and stuff. I don't know. They yeah. put a lot of work into it. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, tons. The uh, Archer is, of course, way faster than me because, you know, kids adapt to... Oh, yeah. the, he doesn't have a frame of reference for it, so he ju- does it on the TV, and he's super-duper fast. Um, uh, we tried the... Have you tried the co-op mode where you where you each have one of the, like, piddly little, like, Joy-Cons turned sideways? Um, the, wait, how, how does it work? What there's a saying? co-op, there's a co-op mode where you can switch to two people building the same level at the same time and you're each holding one half of a Joy-Con. Oh no, uh, I don't yeah. think I've tried that. Oh, I it's, it, huh? Huh? Well, I immediately got a little stressed out thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine the, trying to build a co-op in that game is kind of like trying to eat trying to share chopsticks while you eat noodles or like maybe each of you has one chopstick and then you're sharing the third chopstick. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. Jewel, yeah. Jules, interestingly, Jules rolled up yesterday while I was eating lunch with the switch and he was playing like, he's four. So he sort of plays, he plays stuff, but like, I don't know what he's actually trying to accomplish sometimes. <laughs> what are any four year olds truly he, trying to accomplish? They, they f- seem more confident in their goals than pretty much any other humans. I don't know what they are, but they're good at it. So he rolls up with the switch and he's like, dad, play with me. And I'm thinking, well, you know, okay, Mario Odyssey, I guess there's a co-op mode. No, he doesn't even want to play the co-op mode in that game. He wants to just split the Joy-Con and he wants to either be moving or jumping. Oh. And he's getting mad at me every time it's not working out. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I actually like rage quit on him because I just couldn't. But he thought it was a good idea. Yeah, the co-op in that that game where one player plays Mario and the other one plays Mario's t- terrifying sentient hat um, is really frustrating as well. Well. Yeah, no, the actual co-op's frustrating, but this was yeah. just like this a new just level. A sh- yeah, shared controller. Yeah, <laughs> so that build- happened yesterday. The building is kind of like that. It's like uh, the one player. Well, you've got two hands on the screen, but each of the hands has their own sort of like hamstrung interface instead of it being two people triggering the same interface. So if you're like the second hand, you trigger this 
instead of those big radial menus where you can see a bunch of op- yeah. options at once, you have this tiny little menu that only shows you like three things at a time, and you just have to page through it. And then <laughs> if if the other player hits their menu while your menu is open, your menu just closes. So you're <laughs> sitting there going, all right, uh, wait, where is it? Where is it? i got to find the Goomba. And you're paging through 30 things to get to the Goomba. And right as you get to the Goomba, you're about to hit A. Your son hits the like other menu button, and your menu closes. <laughs> and the next time it opens, it's at the beginning again. This is the game. <laughs> we keep yeah. zooming in while I, I, I am – constantly amazed at how well they do the switch and sort of let you do more things with less. Like we're getting to the point where like there's going to be like a four player switch game where people are using different sides of half of a joy con. <laughs> like when we used to play 007 four player split screen multiplayer on a picture in picture of a already small TV. Oh. That was my version of it. I still I I never did actually see what I was doing in that game. It was that was the blurriness of that uh can't be understated. That man. Well, I don't know. It was it was, it was the uh it was the idea. I, I remember what actually happened. I remember going home uh ethically uh torn about playing 007. My parents certainly weren't thrilled about it. No, and I mean and, retrospectively uh, now that you're a murderer, it was probably a bad idea. Yeah, no, it, all of us became murderers. That's the whole generation of, of <laughs> generation murder they call us. Um, and I, oh uh, man, that's going to be a documentary. Uh, the um, the oh, oh the death animation, like it goes da da da, and then the screen like the blood drips over the screen. Side to side, and the blood drips over the screen. It was the blood dripping over the screen specifically that was kind Uh, of the hang-up. If you remember, like, a lot of the violence (laughs) in the video games was mostly about, like, whether pixels existed that were red or not. Look, it's clear that a lot of this existed in our heads because when you look back at it, you're like, I can't even see that. What's happening here? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you were probably broke out in a cold sweat when you saw that blood the first time. And you're like, I really did. better not get back to my parents. Yeah, no, that was the thing. It was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this other tier of game where you are covered in blood when you die. <laughs> you bleed all over the TV. Just waking up in the middle of the night. <sighs> uh, wow. No, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and hear the, like, that weird sound that, that the Mario Maker plays when your delete mode is on and you forget. Uh, it makes this like bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, uh, bong you sound. You don't have to tell me. I've, uh. Uh, they've like left that on, dude. <laughs> and I knew what it was because I built a level. It took a couple hours building a level. And I was like, who's got delete mode on? I like hear it across the house. <laughs> you go to touch your cooking. You go to touch the spices and it just disappears. <laughs> Oh, God. God. <laughs> it's bled over. Uh, so, uh, Archer, Archerville is done, or Archer's Mansion is done. <clears throat> As of last night, it took me too long, and that's why I'm tired. It's one of the reasons I'm tired. Um, well, I was working hard, so that's why I'm tired. Yeah. I'm, oh, you were, you were working? Well, that was nice of you. You're welcome. Um, I, uh... I was out in the in the deep deep woods, the deep north woods this weekend. 
It wasn't mm-hmm. like a survival scenario. Did you guys each have your own video camera and sort of see how long you could live out behind the cabin before well, coming let's say, in? I'll go with yes, no, and sort of. We uh, it was one question. Oh, okay. Well, it didn't sound like it. Uh, it was not. We survived, and it was more of a survival scenario than it was supposed to be. Um, we went. <laughs> North, 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 uh, norther than I've ever been in this continent, um, which turns out not that hard to get from Chicago to, you can get from Chicago to the UP, the Upper Peninsula. As they say. I was not in the UP, but I can't be more specific other than that, as not to triangulate my location. Um, but it, it was, uh, in like I don't know, four and a half hour drive, five hour drive up there. It's not far. Um, and, uh, it was at a cabin with some, some friends of mine, uh, and, uh, got to go through Green Bay. I saw, um, the Packers stadium, which is hilarious. Uh, that tiny, that town is probably smaller than Pensacola. Uh, Green Bay is. I mean, I, that may be true, but I immediately low key am annoyed with your, description of towns as being small as to how they relate to Pensacola's <laughs> size. Your your vision may be distorted at some point, but also maybe not. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, uh, Pensacola exists only as a fading memory to me. Um, it is <laughs> We're disappearing. People disappear every day, and I blame you because you don't believe in us anymore. Oh, well... I, that's a little bit more responsibility like, than I yeah, can think. I, I can just take. see him fade out of existence. It's uh, brutal. Are you sure it's not the delete? It's probably the delete mode. Let's be honest. Um, Here is a small thing. Suck. Uh, the <clears throat> so north of Green Bay, you continue to go north, and um, the trees get um, weirder, um, especially coming from the south, where I think we have like four different types of trees. Most places, there's an insane variety of trees up there. Um, the, uh, cabin that we stayed in was not supposed to be a cabin in which you don't have running water or electricity, but, but eventually became one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's a progressive experience. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, it, it, uh, you know, you get a day or so to kind of get your feet wet and, uh, and get used to the cabin life. And then they, then they, then the storm hits and then you try cabin 2.0 bonus cabin. Cabin plus plus. <laughs> They're like, now that you're used to this. Yeah, it's like, hey, all right, how much extra food did you get from when you went to the grocery store that now doesn't have power? Um, how many <laughs> so, of those things can be cooked on a charcoal grill? Was this anyone's specific fault, or was this just... No, no, this okay. was a, actually a type of storm that I've never heard of before, um, and I'm not going to remember the name. I think the name starts with a D. Are you familiar with this... Uh, it's like a straight line hurricane type thing. Um, I know I have to look it up. Um, I have no idea what to look up. What are you trying to look up? I mean, there's such things as a, like micro bursts and downdrafts. No, no, it is a um, like it is a type of storm that I literally have no idea what to look up. I was typing okay. inland hurricane, anyway, which is going to it got right. windy. So yeah, so this this kind of storm I didn't find out until later um, exists as its own sort of. Uh, entity and happens once every two years or so usually 
Um, it is a straight line storm that's classified as whatever this name is um, by a, if it has gusts over 50 miles an hour and it is more than 200 miles long. So this big giant storm line came in from um, Sioux Falls and we just didn't know about it. And it's been cutting across the north of the country. It hit us um, after a day of like glorious weather where the temperature, of course, was far, nor- far warmer than it was supposed to be. Um, and we spent it um, laying on, in a giant inflatable swan in a lake. Um, As one does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it cut uh, from beautiful to, to, like, for real, I've been in a few hurricanes at this point. Um, and it would, looked like a hurricane outside. And the gusts were up to 90, 89, 90 miles an hour. Um, took down a ton of trees. It, it only lasted like 30 minutes or an hour. Like it wasn't a long storm. Mm-hmm. But um, let me tell you, Wisconsin is not set up <laughs> to those adorable little trees that I referred it's to. It's like when it snows uh, in Florida, everything dies. Right. Yeah. The, the these these birch trees are don't have the root system to to handle getting hit with ninety mile per hour straight line wind bursts. <laughs> they're like ah, the rain from the what the <laughs> yeah, and then they're gone. Yeah. No. They are. They were spl- They were trees that were like lots of trees were knocked over. Like especially driving back from there, we saw like a couple of places where a forest was mostly gone, like ninety percent down. Um. But the uh, the tree, well, there was a tree directly in front of the house that thankfully fell away from the house. Um, like they were, the power went out almost immediately. Um, and they had this, told us, huh, so what? No, I, I, I'm just imagining this scenario. And um, now I know you're alive now, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it feels like a whole lot, like maybe a horror movie where hey, the guys all get together, there's a bunch of lead-up, you actually right. have a nice day out on the lake. It's almost too picturesque. Uh-huh. Nobody has phones, and they're like, hey, we agreed not to use you know, phones and stuff. And they're like, yeah, cool. And then, like, the storm comes. And then, like, I don't know. I could see a lot of ways this goes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> we were, <laughs> that is a good setup. Like, let's see, there's, you know, there's a normal, like, movie amount of people. Uh, there, you know, you got different your, personalities. Yeah, you're six guys. You got your tall guy and your short guy. And your <laughs> which yeah. guy were you in this scenario? I, I don't know. Probably, honestly, maybe the short guy. Um, so the, uh, you know what, you know, why it didn't happen is it was, it was a bunch of, it was a, um, bachelor party and not like a, a group of over hormone teenagers. See, I think uh, that the thing well, that kept the tree from falling into the house was that we didn't have the um, the couple who'd been dating all of, through all of high school sneak away. Um, oh, yeah. They weren't yeah. like messing around in the room. They weren't supposed to. And then yeah. the tree comes through that room. Yeah. They weren't like fiddling around in the boathouse or anything. So <laughs> I hope you weren't fiddling around in the boat. Well, the boathouse is full of spiders. <laughs> I can verify that. <laughs> Other things that weren't quite like a movie is everything was full of spiders. Um, so the, so the, uh, trees were down a lot. Like we had to go out and like help move branches the next day and stuff, but you don't realize, you know, all we were doing, we were looking out the window, just thinking like, wow, that's, that's a lot of wind, whatever. Uh, the power's out. Thankfully I just bought a, like, I bought just because it was funny, bought like a 9,000 lumen flashlight on Amazon for like $9. 
Um, so, <laughs> so I had a turbo powerful tiny flashlight that we just like taped a white like paper cup over and then hung it from the chandelier and that was our light for the next two nights so we could like play board games and stuff that's a good idea yeah but like there is another there is a there's another timeline in which we're sitting there playing tales of the arabian nights which by the way that game got a lot of mileage i got that from you yeah 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 i mean you you guys got to play it this weekend yeah it was cool I, I, i had only played it with like my family, which is fun, but it was nice to play it with um, all adults. So it's a storytelling game, and we're sitting there reading. You encounter, and, and you know, I would, in, a, in a movie, you get to the encounter thing. You read off the table, and it's like, you encounter an angry storm, and then the tree falls through the roof right, right there. Like, there's your moment. Um, I'm thinking we could, yeah, it would be, in this case, you might be like, I encounter an angry gin, and mm. like... There's some like artifact somebody found buried under the something or another. I don't know. I, just too much potential here. Yeah, I should have. Um, yeah, there, there's or like the tree rips up and there's something under the tree. There's a box under the tree. Oh, I like that. Oh boy, that tree, the tree that came out of the front yard. Yeah, there's just like a five foot deep hole where the tree was, um, <laughs> and then it, it it fell away from the cars and the cabin. But, you know, you wake up the next day and there's no... They, we had running water for, like, I don't know, a couple hours because there's a little bit in the tank from the well pump thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I I was able to grill. I probably killed us a little bit because I the, there were no, like, cast iron pans. So I put a, like, a nonstick pan on the grill for a couple minutes to make scrambled eggs. Um, so, I like... You'll never know if that killed you. No, I mean it's it's no way of, to trace it. One of many factors, but it was <laughs> it was yeah. All we had was a charcoal grill and, and a variety of meats from Green Bay. Um, it was uh, I, I think that it was the right amount of time. I don't think I would have wanted to do one more day without like with like bathing in the lake and and charcoal grilling things. <laughs> Um, well, it sounds, I mean, because it was an appropriate length. It sounds fun. It sounds it was, interesting. It was a uh, a lot of experiences packed into like two days. Like just a did lot it, of different things happened. Did some people do worse than others at, towards the end? Was it like some of them were like, mm, this is not for me? It was, I mean, it was a generally positive vibe. I will say the morning that uh, that we all, like, packed up, the two of the dudes split, like, pretty quick. But I don't know why. I'm, I'm not saying they were just dying to get out of there. Um, but uh, maybe they really wanted a shower, because I sure did. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the um, yeah, so it was just a weekend of charcoal and, oh, and hams. Are you familiar with hams? Probably not. What are you? I mean, like the piece of a pig Sorry, that no, you cook in an oven. You're right. That's a that was a poor setup. The hams with two M's is a uh, beer. Uh, it's a it's a swill. Oh no, I don't think I am. All right, so you are familiar with the big flats. <laughs> <laughs> the big flats, yes, familiar. The uh, the the beer drinkers, beer. No. Yeah, the beer. The beers. The Beer havers beer. <laughs> when yes. you have a when as they say, when you have a big flats, you have a beer. <laughs> Why <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Why have a beer when you can have a big flats? Yeah. So it's the three dollar a six pack. 
mm-hmm. uh, beer that you can buy it that you can buy at some select uh, CVS pharmacies nationwide. Um, and it uh, it has a distressingly vague label, and it's uh, three dollars a six pack. So that means you can buy say 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 you wanted for some reason to get thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. big and flats. That's, that's just math. Yeah, if you wanted to math out, yeah. you wanted to stack, you realize like that the most... 15 bucks. Yeah, $15, 15 American dollars will get you 30 big flats. Um, in northern Wisconsin, at the one grocery store near us, um, you could get 30 hams for $11.49. <laughs> so, like... Was that a bulk buy discount, or was that their <laughs> no, unit price? It is a big old carton, big cardboard thing of hams. You slap I, that I, baby in the I cart. Feel like, I feel like there's a literal law about how cheap you can price a quantity of alcohol. Maybe it's just that it's so low alcohol content or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's it's Wisconsin, man. You uh Actually, yeah, the laws for beer don't apply in Wisconsin. I, I think generally, yeah, I don't think Wisconsin I think Wisconsin needs those laws for beers to just like ease up. Just just set, <laughs> set them aside. <laughs> well, all right, you guys <laughs> the power goes out, you're right. like, "All right. It seems bleak, but we have a lifetime supply of hams at hand. We, yeah, the uh, well, hams and uh, sort of what I feel like is the cocktail equivalent of hams. So this is you're familiar with an old fashioned, the classic. Tell know. me you didn't make an old fashioned with malort or something. N- no. <laughs> oh, it's worse. No, it's well, it's something I was introduced to that I'm going to have to call a lake old fashioned for just colloquially, just so I like because it's it's not the it's the same. It's an old fashioned and sort of like general conceit, but uh, basically, the we there's a so I was looking through the cabinet and the you know the cabin because it's its family cabin that a bunch of people share. And there was a bunch of like uh, there was some like half empty bottles of liquor, and one of them was this plastic jug, and I, I was like, oh yeah, there's some like uh, some real crappy liquor in here, and and the guy whose famous cabinet is was like, oh no no that's for the old fashions, and I was like, eh, I don't know if you want to be drinking this with old fashioned. I'm looking on the label and it's like 23 percent bourbon, 77 <laughs> percent neutral spirits and coloring or whatever. It's called Kessler. 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 Does it have a picture on it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was it was a um it, it looked like something that probably would cost I didn't actually look at the price of, of Kessler, but it was a plastic Yeah, one, I mean you said you know, it was plastic. I don't know what else you need to say about yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it looks um questionable, but he's he said that was an essential part of the old fashioned and I was like, This feels like it wouldn't hold up just well with just bitters and stuff. He's like, No, you gotta get old fashioned mix. What? Um, oh man, we're we're we keep escalating this situation. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh no, we're out of old fashioned mix, and we really need bitters, um, and Seven Up." <laughs> and I. And, and you go. All right. Let's back it up. <laughs> so you keep using this word <laughs> or this phrase, "old fashioned." I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, this is this was uh, a. I don't want to like. It, it was 
so what you kind of end up with is the equivalent of like throwing a tombstone in the oven instead of like making your own pizza. Like it's it is it is a tombstone. <sighs> I'm just like an old fashioned mix. Like it's like a pack you buy. Oh no no! It's a bottle. It's a big old bottle of um, effectively like corn syrup. Um. So what's the Sprite for? I thought the Sprite was standing in for the the, uh, the simple syrup. Uh, the Sprite standing in for the so here's how you make a lake cold fashion. <laughs> You're like I'm not going to defend this. Here's what it's like. Uh, I had one made for me. It's a uh, you take some Kessler and some old fashioned mix, which it also has a name. It's some like brand that's like po- really popular up there for probably this specific uh, creation. Uh, and then like a maraschino cherry and some bitters, and then you kind of fill up the glass the rest of the way with some Sprite, and it tastes like, um, it tastes like it's it is in the ballpark <laughs> of a uh, of like a um, Long Island iced tea, but yeah, like, like less garbagey tasting. It's just like taste. Yeah, it's you know less f- like kind of I don't know. Long Island iced tea always tells tastes sort of destructive to me. Um, but no, man, you know what it is? It's a big old sweet lake drink. And yeah, I mean, let's just cut old fashioned out of it. Yeah, it, it's a big old sweet lake drink. That sounds right yeah. to me. Yeah, it was del- it was delicious. It was <laughs> it was I. It is a drink that you uh, that you probably at some point like have a bunch of sitting in a pontoon boat um it yeah it was it was fine i actually tasted the old-fashioned mix by itself yeah it just it tastes like i um it tastes like runoff from some other mixed drink like what could be in it other than syrup and bitters like orange flavoring i guess you could oh it's like nondescript other cocktail-y <laughs> flavors. Like. My favorite thing is, and maybe I'm getting the wrong impression, but I'm choosing this one, is that the the guy in question whose cabin and stuff this was, was sort of like, yeah, like, that's, like, what do you mean? That's the old-fashioned mix, and let's get the Kessler's. Like, <laughs> this is... The, like, he's ordered it at a Chicago restaurant, old-fashioned, and been like, huh, this is a weird old-fashioned. You know, and like, it's like. <laughs> Y'all have Kessler's back there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, this like, particular this particular man is, is well-versed in the ways of the oh, world. Oh, okay. Um, he's That's a ne- Negroni enthusiast. He knows his pretentious cocktails. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, yeah. then he was playing you. Yeah. No, this is, no, it's just, it went in Rome. Uh, have a when in the lake, have a lake old fashioned. And yeah, don't, I think don't, a pending a lake thing. makes yeah. it fine. I, you know, I think it was a, a fine choice. Yeah, but okay, you survived that too. It was a lot riskier than I thought it would be. <laughs> I, I touched the bottom of the lake with my foot. It was, I did oh a lot of gosh. things. Oh, but it looked sort of clear, right? It's very clear. Yeah, okay. I, my the last lake I was at was in uh, Vermont. Um, in uh, high school, I was 13, and uh, I was uh, at a music camp that was uh, flooded with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes thick, thick as thick as uh, split pea soup. Thick as split pea soup. You, they, you go outside with the with a special mosquito scope, so you could see the next building through the mosquitoes. Um, and that lake had like I don't know if it had a bottom. Like it was one. Oh yeah. You, you know, you kind of get 
your foot and your foot just keeps going down through muck interminably. This was the opposite. This was a freaking postcard lake. This was a stock photo lake. Pebbles Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I Yeah, I've been up yonder to Traverse City, Michigan, which is Ooh. on the opposite side of the bank of the lake you were probably or not the lake, but the opposite side of the big lake from where you were. Lake Michigan. In the summer. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. That makes sense because of Michigan. Anyways, mm-hmm. um it was incredibly picturesque. And I feel like it's like that for like a month or two. So it looks nice. Yeah, that's kind of the deal with this is the the you get your um your your cabin basically has two seasons that you really want to go to it and one of those seasons is only fun if you have a uh snowmobile. <laughs> um, <laughs> I oh, like yeah. the I like the idea of like Going to those kind of things for short periods of time. It is. There's a very engaging element to it, even in like the dead of winter or something. But um I'm not I don't want to like literally survive. Yeah, I mean this is this whole area is just people with like houses who their families had them back when it was possible to own two houses and be and work a regular job. Just go out to the lake and uh, those were the, the days. Nowhere. Yeah, I know well, man, that's how it yeah. Um so where so, I went was about, I would say, 100 miles north of where Traverse City is, but I see Traverse City here on the map. Yeah. Anyway, it's all north. What were you going to say? Um, yeah, so, like, was there a was there a uh, computer, not computer, but, like, a phone moratorium? Oh, um, just sort of by necessity, because my phone switched to uh, another carrier, and then a little while later, I got a text message from my carrier saying that I was about to run out of data roaming. Um, and I had data roaming explicitly turned off on my phone. And apparently, that didn't matter. So I just had to turn off data so I wouldn't get a million dollars in charge. So I was yeah, so list for a few days. Yeah. Like, wh- was that a positive experience? Y- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I turned my data back on two days later. As we traveled south, and um, I missed uh, stuff, but like an important part of this experience is to remember that you don't have to not miss stuff. Like I missed some amount of Instagram posts. I missed some garbage in Washington. I missed some tweets. Yeah. Yes. You you, you don't need you don't. <sighs> Yeah, I, I most of the time when I'm checking the internet, I am checking to make sure some bullshit didn't happen in like the last 30 minutes since the last time I checked. I'm literally checking to make sure that that like something terrible didn't happen. That uh, it's uh, it's if I'm truthful about it, like I'm not there to like see something nice. I'm there to like make sure that if something bad is happening, <laughs> I know about it. It's- yeah, I actually got down on this link the other day that was like, I can't remember who retweeted it or whatever, but it was like a some site dedicated to only reporting positive developments around the world. And it was like this first half of this year or something, whatever, the top 20 things that happened. And it was a very strange experience. Like, it wasn't trivial. It wasn't like, oh, somebody saved a cat. It was like, oh, malaria deaths and wherever have been reduced to all-time lows. And I was like, hmm, 
I could use this as medicine occasionally. I, I actually do that. I have a um, there's a subreddit called the Climate Action Plan um, because every climate change subreddit is terrifying and generally not a good visit, <laughs> except for Climate Action Plan, which is only positive news about climate progress. So you can go oh, there. Yeah, yeah, and, that's totally a good idea. Yeah, so you can go there and find, um, you know, the, oh, the, we're actually making pretty good headway in like in a lot of countries, like converting to carbon uh, neutral things, or um, they're working on carbon sequestration facilities, like all that stuff. Um, yeah, they, I wish I had one of those for everything. <laughs> uh, but then at the same time, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 definitely one of those people who feels. Like, I feel irresponsible unless I know what is going on, even though, like, most of yeah, those things I can't change. I totally change. feel yeah. that way, too. And I think about that a lot, which is that, of course, I get really involved in keeping track of everything that happens in the world that's of remote interest to me. Yeah. Or, in my, I guess, otherwise speaking, oh. remote impact to me. And yeah. every once in a while, especially when I get into, like, a lengthy debate slash engagement with somebody else about what's going on. I just think how much of this is just me killing time because there is very little that I have impact on here. Like, yeah, it, I'm acting like it, the world depends on me knowing what's going on. And there's so very little, the world depends on me knowing. I mean, there are some people that it matters a whole heck of a lot more, but me, not so much. Yeah. I, the, our last episode, we um, we were, you know, I was talking about moving and all in our new place and this sweet porch I'm sitting on and all this stuff. And at one, and at one point I did, I, I, I said, um, everything that I have control over lately has been going pretty well. Um <laughs> well, And uh, that, that felt, it feels like, yeah, it feels too small like it feels like if i'm ignoring all the things i don't have control over that i'm being irresponsible or that i'm a, or that i'm implying that i'm implying or i almost feel like if i'm not stressed out about it that means that i'm not i'm saying that it's okay just mm -hmm. to, and i'm but like validate like yeah being mad online or like getting mad looking at things that are worth being mad about are it's just because like it is correct to be mad about them doesn't mean it's good to be mad about them all the time it, to no real end, I guess. Yeah, but it's like, hard to separate those two things. It feels like I'm constantly preparing for when it could make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not going to totally blank that out. Like if you if you can make a difference in one or two situations involving people or something else versus not, you know. That may that is worth something. How much is it worth? You know that maybe you need to like reflect on like limiting your engagement to a certain point. But I I don't believe it could possibly be useless. Plus, I don't know. Would it, it keeps? It's that question. I can't remember who said it. Uh, would you rather be a? I'm about to compare people to pigs here, so cool. going to be super unpopular. Would you rather be a content pig or no, a satisfied pig or dissatisfied Socrates? Now that sounds super pretentious, but the point it's quite is quite a swing. 
is, yeah, do would you prefer to be happy by choosing uh, ignorance at some level? Or would you prefer to deal with potential dissatisfaction by while trying to gather as much of the truth as possible before, you know, your life's over? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I'm willing to... I have this ideal that if you can't, you should never, you should always be able to be happy no matter how much crap, bad stuff or good stuff or whatever, you know, you should be able to be content. You just have to figure out how to do that, but it is easier to be. So the less, you know, but I've never known something, however distressing and thought, I wish I didn't know it. I just never have. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I I'm I think that like what I've been trying to do is figure out how to not see that as like a an axis where on one end you're just like uh you're you're completely oblivious and on the other end you're an all-knowing sage um and like discontent just because like I think that for me personally I I need to understand that there's like not everything is part of that classification. Like there are things that I, that can affect how I act. And there are other things that are, um, that, yeah, like prioritizing knowledge because you can't learn everything. Yeah. Right. And like some things just are like learning that some things just are, and that I don't have to have an opinion about them or that like my opinion about them can be established and I can move on or that like I can weigh, my um role in some event and then choose then what my involvement is like mentally um or the way that shannon put it one day um she said like or no yeah i think it was shannon (laughs) well shannon now yeah shannon now um said like don't let things that you can't affect take your time from you um like don't let the idea that like oh i think i I learned about like a blue ocean event sometime in the last couple of years, like the idea that the uh, at one point the Arctic sea ice will be gone one summer, mm-hmm. um, which is apparently you know relatively inevitable, um, sometime between you know five and ninety years from now. Um, <laughs> but like I, I don't like it's not happening tomorrow, and I have like people who depend on me, and I have like life. And I can't let that the the blue ocean event take days that are mine and make them shitty because it's not like there's it's not like the difference between like oh I need to go like clean the attic and like if I don't clean the attic it is not going to get clean like and so one of these days I just need to like put aside my normal Saturday and go clean the attic it's not that like there's no benefit at all to me and there's no benefit at all to the Arctic sea ice. For me you like, to spend you just yeah. blow out a bunch of air one day and they're like, all right, fine. You roll up your sleeves and you just head north. Yeah, I head to the Arctic, so I'm moving ice cubes. We got this. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, all right, let's get these uh, let's get these icebergs in place. Right. So, like, unless I'm going to, like, uh, you know, switch careers or, like, you know, try to donate money to good causes or try to have the right conversations with people um, or try to vote for, you know, people who I think – have remotely the best interests of human society in hand, um, which are all things I would like to do to some degree. 
like those are the ways that I can impact it. I can impact it by having a bad day. Having a bad day does helps nothing, <laughs> including me. Um, <laughs> so you know, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, um, and yeah, I do think that like that doesn't. That is sort of like an addendum to what you said because I definitely have felt the like a uh, big part of getting older has been to make sure that I get older sliding more toward the Socrates and less toward the other side. Right. Like you're, um, wow, that sounds pretentious as hell, but no, like, well, you know, know you're, you you're, you're trying <laughs> to recognize that the human condition does not get simpler as you get older, unless you start locking things in to avoid it getting more complicated. Right. Like you, the idea hopefully is that you become in some ways, uh, paradoxically more conflicted about things um and whenever that happens i feel like i'm actually on the right track because when i feel overly certain about the rightness of something or the truth of something not there is truth well i think there is but anyway the point is that when you become conflicted about something but also are able to be okay with that existing i think you've really gone in the right direction because like you're you just said like you realize things get more complicated the more you know and you can choose to avoid that anxiety and lock it down artificially or for lack of a better term embrace that anxiety um and not let it be a literal anxiety to you like using that in a different phrase yeah it almost feels like um like exercise, like it, it, feeling the feelings that you've like have to feel, as opposed to um, oh, like compartmentalizing them or like or like dealing with them through a heuristic or something like that, um, or it, it, like even with the blue ocean thing or whatever. Like there, every once in a while, there'll be some freaking thing. It's usually climate related for me, but there's something that you find out about that you didn't know about before. Maybe it's like. Maybe you finally, uh, maybe there's there was finally a news article that caused you to realize that those really are concentration camps, right? Like there, I don't know what it is for. It's probably something different for everyone. You learn something that like busts open a little hole in what you like in your conception of like the country or the world or or human race or whatever. Um, and then at that point, yeah, your options are, I think, to. Um, to deal with it. And I feel like there's a, a big part of um, kind of the belief system that you and I grew up with is um, getting out ahead of that. Right. It's like a big part of it is, is like uh, making sure that you have like things like routines or like principles that you can fall back on that allow you to back off of any sort of like uh, conflicting yeah, existential crisis yeah. or like heavily conflicting information or yeah, exactly. Um, and then, but like the other is to like, yeah, to feel it like, because it's very strange, but like even the, um, roughest periods of having to feel that feeling the next day, it's like, I didn't forget (coughs) that information I just learned, but I don't, I can't dredge up the same gut, like pit of my stomach feeling I had yesterday. It feels like, like exercise. It's like yesterday. I couldn't like I it, it was, I was really sore when I lifted that weight or whatever, 
mm-hmm. but, or I ran that distance. But today I did not sore because all the all the exercise is, is like making your body do like five percent right. more than it and, can do. And to yeah. use your analogy, it's like stretching is like um, if you envisioned. And it sounds logical at some level. If you envisioned all bodily injury as negative, then exercise is simply a negative to be avoided, right? Because you're going to injure your body in some way. And that's very analogous to the feeling people have about being open to conflicting information, especially the more it conflicts with some view you already felt was fairly accurate or, or right. Yeah, And so you think, okay, this causes problems, you know, or whatever, or this is attacking something that I actually like, or whatever it is, it's bad because it's causing problems, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so it causes problems. You have to experience it. It doesn't necessarily mean you're changing your view or whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It just means it's silly to think that all pain is just blanketly bad, like it's the same. You know, it's like a kid thinking a shot's the same as getting stabbed with a knife. Like, they're just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, there is, and that, uh, to the same degree, there's there's healthy and unhealthy ways to deal with that information. Like, oh, yeah. And it's really hard to, it's hard because it's, it's, especially for me, it's just not part of my emotional vocabulary. Like, growing up, like, yeah. And I think that, like, um, like very absolutist based evangelical. Thank you. I'm getting a coffee refill. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, birds are tweeting in the back. This is like, I, I've got a really good audio right now, and I can just feel the air moving around you. It's really relaxing. Uh, it's like 75 degrees, maybe out here. It's I'm in a I'm in a robe, but I'm not too hot. Um, it is no. It's a it is 66 degrees. Dude, sunny. it's 71 here. Mm. This is like, an, I got to go outside in a minute. Yeah, I'm telling you, the porch-based podcast life is where it's at. What was I saying? Um, oh, yeah, no, I think that, like, I, man, I've spent a lot, a lot of time processing, like, the last few years, the um, the uniquely unprepared, uh, the, un- the way that, the way that you, if you are raised with absolute, absolutism and like mm-hmm. fear fear of relativism in like a very very broad sense like the um uh, relativism into not over applied as something you should be afraid of even in for me like areas that don't make any rational sense at all like um like i you know at one point in time i was like 19 i decided i had to i was going to have an opinion about everything and that was going to be like my thing <laughs> <laughs> um, because there was like, there was in my mind the possibility that there was a correct opinion to have about everything. And I would, I would be there. And my, one thing I was really afraid of when I was like, for all the things for one to be afraid of when they're like 30 or, you know, um, is I was afraid that I was going to like get out of touch with things that were cool and like not know which things were cool anymore because there was this absolute because idea. Because there was, was an cool. objective coolness. Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. Just discover it. Like you're. You're a uh, treasure hunter digging in the desert. Uh-huh. So, like, you come together with, or you have all these, uh, you know, the 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 fear of relativism um, and the idea. And this, I even have books that are now in storage and not on my shelf, but like that equivocate the most absurd things um, to back up this concept. 
where um, one of them is like a Christian apologetics book. And it and I flipped it open one day, and it's got you know it's some like ways to defend your faith kind of thing, and mm-hmm. one of the ways to defend your faith is that is that if you don't believe in absolute truth, then how do you know if anything is true, and how is um, how could you even say that the gas chambers were bad or something? It was some like it went it freaking Godwin's lawed itself into this chapter of this book. Um, like the only true, the only people basically implicitly, the only people in the world who would know that Nazis are bad are the Christians because they are the ones with the absolute truth belief. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I mean, that's pretty standard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It sounds absurd. I mean, yeah, I, me, I, like, yeah, it does. Uh, it's, it's, I think what I was missing as a youth because I had that same idea and it's, there is an idea behind it, but the point is, is that, uh, like a giant amount of human thought has been put into why we have ethics or what they might be. Okay. And to dismiss that entire effort of humanity over our existence by saying, well, you know, it doesn't make any sense unless you accept your truth from a third party that I'll tell you who it is. Um, yeah. Is like, I'm not saying it doesn't even mean that that's not the case ultimately, but it's just so dismissive that you start out not thinking most thing most thoughts are valid that aren't coming from that already. Well, it it sets you up for two things that are really worrisome. One is uh, manipulation, right? Because just like you said, it's like, look, don't worry about it. Like, I know that some of these existential crises are weird and the human condition is complicated, but guess what? Uh, I got a third party here that's going to deal with all of that for you. That sets you up to be dependent upon a third party dictated by well, not you. Yeah, by di- a third party as dictated by not the third party. So, right. A fourth? Doesn't that make them a fourth party? Yeah, I'm not sure well, at that de- point. Yeah, that's then, the problem there. Exactly. So, that sets you up um, in a weird way. Oh, and, uh, Mm. Coffee refill. And, um, uh, oh man, I forgot my second point. Damn it. You had a bunch of books and yeah, yeah. you no, thought you were going to have every opinion. Yeah. I mean the, the, it's, it, oh, it, and it, no, what I was going to say is it tightly winds together a bunch of unrelated things sort of on purpose into one giant ball. Um, and this has been, I mean, it took me a long time to work through, um, but like, and, you know, it's an ongoing process because what you're doing is you're not switching from one giant ball of of like all encompassing uh, existential uh, answers to another one. You're switching from the idea of a giant ball of un- of interconnected answers to not one of those. <laughs> so like it's and I think that's why like you end up with uh, that. Do you know, do you see? What I'm saying like the the oh, yeah. um, the idea that like. Uh, you, I, I mean, and we had this in Summit, which we've talked about before, but like the the issues all being tied together into one sort of um, quilt of yeah, like which ball, truth. which ball do you agree with? This one, yeah. that one, or this? And it's like right. I feel like it's a little stressful to think about, but maybe the point is that somebody who is in good faith pursuing what truth they can is the point. Like what that ends up being always ends up different. 
maybe you find more, maybe you find less. I'm not discounting those possibilities. But someone trying is the point to me. Yeah, and, and that yeah. sort of stops the try. It does. It it creates like a um it's it's like and I remember even at Summit there there was a big push toward like equivocating there like some alternate in, like equally unified worldview where it's like oh no over here this is the truth and here are all the things you know here's the science part of the truth and here's the um humanities part of the truth like it's all part of one consistent uh belief system and then over there those are the secular humanists and they have also have a religion even though they won't admit it or like evolution is part of you know so there's their equivalent bad guy like belief system Um, there and, are partisans of any belief. Sure. True. Yeah. But like this is the, 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 the idea of equivalency tightens together all of these different avenues of what you believe and what you end up having to do is, um, so that side, that ball just keeps getting heavier and bigger. <laughs> um, and then when something, something conflicts with that ball, say, um, let's just pull something out of thin air and say like over 80% of your, uh, belief system supporting a um, a a, uh, a uh, you know <laughs> God. trying to find the right words uh, a a uh, blatantly criminal simpleton um, you you start to realize like that's because there is a ninety pound ball of intertwined things that like is being weighed like that. One, you can't just yeah, pull you a thread feel off like, of yeah, that. You, you, know what I mean? you feel like for reasons that you might not even be thinking explicitly to yourself, that you have to take a certain action. And yeah. thus, your, your, your reaction to that is to consciously or subconsciously come up with all the reasons why that action was, in fact, more positive in the realms you you weren't yeah. necessary for you. You're like, you basically you have to justify it to yourself, but in such a way that you don't think you have to justify it to yourself. Well, I it's, it's that, yeah, it's the, well, what I was getting, is like the, that all of those things feel like they need to be consistent and you're not set up to take things piece by piece. Exactly. Um, because you, you feel like you're compromising some area of universal truth. And if, if you adjust one or two of those things, yeah, exactly. Like, not only is it the the standard, like, I feel like I have to justify this choice. I don't want to feel bad about my choice, because I think that's part of it, is that I don't want to feel bad about a choice that has positives and negatives. So I'm going to only take positives and say negatives don't exist. Well, you know, I don't blame you for making a choice with positives and negatives, but it it's only going to do you and others harm to not admit the negatives of your choice. But what you're saying on top of that also is that this system of sort of absolute belief keeps you from even having the option to like hold two conflicting things at the same time, right. which it, is like yeah. life. And I, I think that like between those two things, the, the, um, the third party or the proxy level, you know, communication of that stuff that is more about what someone you trust is telling you than it is what you're doing. And um, and the universality of that belief system, which makes it really hard to, like, 
put a dent in it or to like make a couple of adjustments based on the factors around what you believe changing um, makes it easy to like get more and more like uh, it, it makes it easy to manipulate and it makes it easy to end up in a situation where you are um, allowing more extreme things to happen than you thought that you would have because each of those things is a te- you know, you're holding it up and you're being like, well, you know, this this guy's the garbage, but like if like in, I would have to do a lot of work to this big intertwined ball of things in order to not in order to switch my position in this uh-huh. area, and I, or I would have to like do a lot of things in order to like truly emotionally let myself uh, think about what's happening on the border or whatever. And so in it, instead, you know, you're, you weigh one against the other and, and the bigger that ball is, the, the more likely it is to weigh out against like whatever thing is happening around you. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very, and the opposite is frustrating because I no longer, even when, even say I've changed my opinion on something and I recognize something is bad that I wouldn't otherwise, I still have that. It's still part of that effort that I can never just rest on it. I can never be like, well, okay, this is all definitely always bad. And, uh, and fine. And now I can like, at least just accept that's going on. Yeah. There's some part of me that's like, okay, well, I do believe this mostly, but I always have to be thinking, you know, where, where's my blind spot on that? even when it doesn't feel like I should be asking that question. Right. Cause that's like, you're never going to think you don't know it. Well, and so that's, yeah. it's frustrating. Uh, but again, I think it's better to live with that frustration. Well, I mean, at least, uh, the, 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 um, it, the two things that have really helped me with one is something you said a really long time ago, which is, um, I don't remember the, the specific phrase, but the concept of like all of these things being like, consensus based like we are humans we have to all agree that something is true like that is actually generally what like the practical implication of truth is is that people agree on it Mm -hmm. um right like that so like in that sense like society becomes a priority and like society treating each other in good faith and uh, and like working toward a common goal is yeah, a priority. Yeah. And the four level thing which I I talked about this weekend to somebody my oh, did you? four level You're argument thing is that alive. It's still it's still so useful to me because like in the four level thing argument thing uh we're running a little late but I want to hit this is um the uh or I'm going to be late for work but the <laughs> um the uh first is uh, as you work your way up the ladder, if you're arguing with someone, um, the first is, are we agreeing on the problem that we're arguing about? Um, and that is usually, that is the more extreme the right gets that that split is earlier and earlier in this ladder. And most of the time it's at step one. Like, are we even agreeing on the problem? Like with the border camps, for example, you're going to have a hard time even, even agreeing on the problem. Right. Yeah. Like, well, well, okay. I won't. Quickly, there's um, if you listen to the thing that's surprising to people about looking at, say, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but just like philosophy of different ideas, like the question starts so far back, people aren't used to it. And that's relating to your question one, which is say you're debating immigration. The question starts at are national borders a moral idea or something? 
Yeah, you can a, argue yeah. over that, but like people aren't even expecting the question to go back that far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we're we're talking funding or something. Well, funding is on the ladder, but it's not the first one. Like, right, and and, the, and like you can have a human discussion about, and you might not get anywhere, and it might just be a sign that you don't need to argue more because you need to talk about something more fundamental, probably. But like, you know, it, it, I'm going to have a different opinion than. Uh, Stephen Miller about what the problem is, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's level one. If you can agree on the problem, then you are at least nominally working in good faith toward a a solution. Then you then you get to number two, which is um, what needs to happen to fix the problem, and you can have an argument there. So it's like if you if you and someone else both, you know, you have the, you've decided at the very least that like the problem is not. There are people who aren't white coming into the country. You've made progress, and you're not talking with a racist, and that's good. And you can you can then talk like what solutions, and then you then you can start talking legislation or whatever the type of solution is, which you see number three, which is who should be who should be responsible for fixing the problem. Um, so you know you've talked you know and I'm you've you know this whole thing, but I'm spelling it out for the yeah. You're so, saying two, yeah. so two is. What are possible solutions? Right. Then three is who should implement those. Right. Things. It's like who should be responsible because it ain't you and me. We're standing around a charcoal grill grilling uh, freaking uh, scrambled eggs. We're not. We're not drinking, getting uh, uh, drinking hams. Mix. Yeah, we're drinking hams and and wake old fashions. We're not getting <laughs> anything done. Um, so number three is who should be fix it, and number four is how do you get that person to fix it. Um, so, you know, like people who aren't going to agree on number one, that's usually your like party split and increasingly the party split. Uh, but by the time you get to three and four, that's where you get to your like progressives versus neoliberals kind of thing where it's like, oh, if you're Biden, you ostensibly want to fix it by throwing money at businesses. And if you're neoliberal, you want to fix it by regulating all of these bla- brazenly immoral businesses or whatever. Or which one did I say? Progressive. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the 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 jam. But like. That's helped me because there is not that the, you can't even have that sort of four level discussion unless you get out of the mindset that you are coming to every discussion with a pocket full of apologetics around your locked in belief system, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, let me try these out today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, it, yeah, I, 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 I already have, I already have the, the key to eternity all right, what is it that you want to discuss? <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at that point, it's you should start the discussion more like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to set up this conversation, but ultimately, I'm going to ask you to be prepared to just listen to me talk for a minute, and um, you can make your own decisions about whether you believe the right thing or not." Mm. <laughs> yeah. The um, oh, I just uh, I just finished Foundation. I'm reading the Foundation trilogy. Oh, the first uh, one? Yeah, and that's like very it's it's a wild book because they, you know, the you've you've read this, but um Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, the, the, well, the, I mean the general setup for the book is that like the uh that science like the main planet that like all of the communication through all the billions of planets that humans are on is destroyed and so the, all of the planets like fall back to like unscientific ages. And then mm-hmm. science is conflated with religion. 
So you have like priests that have like miniaturized nuclear devices impressing the populace and like helping like planets get back on their feet by like doling it out piecemeal. Mm-hmm. It's it's this really f- funny like combination of religion and science as this like uh, you know any, anything sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from god yeah, magic you, religion yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you see that like the tool aspect of it. Yeah, you know, just like how it can be used. Oh yeah, religion <laughs> is a social tool. Yeah, that's definitely in there. I thought that was going to be funnier, but I can't think of anything funny about those books other than like the indignant. There's like a tech man in one chapter and he's like, his job is to run these machines, but he doesn't know how the machines work. He's just like kind of there to like sort of like be, the, I don't, you know what I mean? Like they, the machines. I, I think I, I think I work with that guy. <laughs> <laughs>